The second half of the NBA season. We will keep you updated on the action here on Amber and Ian as NBA action is underway. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Jonathan Zaslow is filling yeah. in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. You can find him at Zaslow Show. Find you can me. find me as well at Amber W Sports. Let's bring in Andre Snellings to help us with all things NBA. ESPN senior NBA writer. Andre, thanks so much for joining us. We've been talking today a lot about who is it championship or bust for this season. We took a load of phone calls on it. We threw out a bunch of different teams. But if I was to ask Andre Snellings to choose one, who do you feel like it's the most championship or bust season for in the NBA? Okay, so we're talking teams. I thought you were talking players, and so I was going to to, uh, uh, give it a twist and give a coach. I guess I'll take their team. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Bucks. Um, you know, I was going to say Doc Rivers because they've just done so much. You know, they traded for Damian Lillard, then they, they traded away Drew Holiday, and then they fired their coach, then they brought in Doc Rivers. And it, it just feels like all of these moves are win right now. You know, they, they fired the coach, Coach Bud, who had won a championship with him a few years ago, and he had the best record in the NBA last season. And then they fired the replacement with the second best record in the NBA. So it's clearly not about wins and losses. It has to all be about the title. All right, so let's do it your way too, Andre. If you were picking uh, a player or a coach, who is it? Yeah, same. It's got to be Doc Rivers. Um, he has so much pressure on him because the two guys that came before him were both on top of the league. So, you know, if they fired them to bring him in, then the only reason they would do so is to win a championship. And because he has, you know, kind of a sketchy history uh, in the postseason since his 2008 ring with the Celtics, um, I I would say there's a lot of pressure on him. And I I was hearing speculation today that maybe on point that if this doesn't work, this could end up being one of his last, if not his last coaching stop. I know Zaslow and I weren't necessarily feeling like he was in that situation only because I feel like for whatever reason, right, no matter what Doc Rivers does, he's still going to be wildly respected no matter what <laughs> happens here with Milwaukee. He's still going to be riding off of that championship, what, 15-odd years ago, right? Still remind And he'll, he'll just waltz his way back into a, a booth somewhere, right? And then I feel like even after that, he'd still probably have an opportunity if he felt like going back to coaching. I mean, I kind of feel like he's coached for almost every team in the NBA now. And so it's like, if he, you know, I agree that, that if the coaching doesn't work out, he can go back in the booth. I think he could do TV for the rest of his life. But um, what, what other programs would be looking to bring him in, particularly because, you know, the, the sense would be, okay, he's coached like the last five M- MVPs besides Jokic. And <laughs> if, if he's not able to win championships with them – then, yeah. um, you know, what would make yeah, I mean, you think I, that he would win with your team? I don't know. I thought we were there already when he coached like four of them. But here we are now uh, with the <laughs> fifth Andre Snellings, ESPN senior NBA writer, joining us here on Amber and Ian Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. You have an article, Dre, on the dot com right now, five NBA futures that go through Dallas. When we were talking about championship or bus teams, the Dallas Mavericks are a team that I threw out there. I felt like this iteration of the Mavericks won't exist if they don't win a championship this season. I understand that Luke is under contract. He's not going anywhere but mainly Kyrie it just feels like this thing if it doesn't work out this season is going to look very different next season do you agree it could look different in the sense of Kyrie I'm expecting that Luca will be there and he's the foundation of everything they do 
And I did like the moves they made at the trade deadline. That's part of the, the emphasis behind that article is that they already had a, a rookie center, Derek Lively, who was playing pretty well. But they were just so small up front that Derek Jones was, was spending a lot of time at power forward. And so they traded for uh, another power forward and center, both of whom are starting caliber. And that gives them enough muscle up front to be better on defense and better uh, on the boards. And that's kind of what they needed to support Luka and Kyrie. So I, I feel like things are, are looking up for them. They're, they've currently got the longest win streak in the NBA tied with the Celtics in seven games. And, you know, Luka and Kyrie are both healthy, which has been a relative rarity as the season's got along. And then, you know, the, the team is just a lot more balanced. So with that win last night over the Suns, that moved them up to the sixth spot in, in the West. And they're still only a game behind the Pelicans for both the five spot and the Southwest division. So I feel like the Mavs are probably going to win their division and they still have an outside shot at a home court advantage if they finish really strong. Andre Snellings, ESPN senior NBA writer here with us on Amber and Ian. So you look at the play-in right now, the play-in seedings in the Western Conference, which as you mentioned, Phoenix has now dropped to seven. You have Sacramento eight, the Lakers nine, the Warriors 10. So, Two of those four teams are going to miss the playoffs, but specifically looking at the Lakers and Golden State. Is one of those teams the Lakers or Golden State or both of them? Yeah, it, it looks like, I mean, because there's a pretty, there's a three-game gap between the AC Kings and the ninth seed Lakers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, unless the Lakers and or the Warriors finish really strong, they're looking at this 9-10 matchup, which means that one of them by definition would have to go home, and then the other one would probably have to beat the Kings to get in. I feel like either of those teams, if they're playing well, could beat the Kings. The the really weird thing is if if they're playing well, those are two teams that could beat pretty much most of the teams in the West. Um, I think the Lakers can't beat the Nuggets because they don't have enough size, and the Warriors probably can't for the same reason, though I think they would try to play more small ball. But, you know, they're both teams that, if all is right, they're formidable opponents. But, you know, they're they're, they're so far back, it's hard to see them making up this much of a gap in a really strong Western Conference. So I'll say that one of them probably ends up on the outside looking in, though um, I'm secretly hoping. I'm a a basketball fan. I like the history and and the lineups they have. I'm hoping that one of them can slide up to the eighth spot and, and get in at seven, and the other might be able to sneak in at eight. So you hedged there a little bit with that answer with both of those teams. But let's focus on Golden State for a minute because Joe Lacob has been very vocal as an owner that he doesn't want to do any losing. And so far, he hasn't really had to do much of it uh, during his tenureship there in Golden State. But, Dre, we know how this normally goes with these dynasties, Mm -hmm. and they normally fall off a cliff. And the Warriors have kind of tried to implement this model that we've very rarely seen work where you bring in the new blood at the same time that the old players are still there that you're actually relying on and it doesn't normally work out in the NBA. Is it going to work out here? I realize that it did work out kind of in 2021-22 with them. Is it going to work out again? Do you think the Warriors with this version of the Warriors with those three key pieces, do you think that they have another championship run in them? Championship run seems like a a big stretch because that would mean essentially they have to win it this season. We were talking about teams that are championship or bust. I, I don't think that the Warriors are necessarily championship or bust because the Warriors, essentially, that core 
is, is Steph Curry, and he's not going anywhere. But the Warriors, as we know them, are probably championship or bust because both Clay Thompson and Chris Paul are coming up on um, being a free agent this offseason. And Clay, in particular, has not had his legs on his jump shot all season. Now he's coming off the bench. And, you know, reportedly he turned down um, like an extension, I believe it was supposed to be like two years, $40 million, something like that, earlier in the, in the season um, because he's betting on himself to, to – uh, be able to finish strong. I don't know that it doesn't appear that that's what's going to happen, but if he's looking for uh, a guaranteed starting role and or that type of money, it seems like it will be hard for Golden State to bring him back. So I, I feel like this you know, unit of, of Golden State Warriors probably does not have any more championships in them. But I will say that when we talked about them a couple months ago, they really were like left for dead. And the, the, the big change is that Draymond Green came back. All of a sudden, the, the, the same team that was, 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 was struggling looks like an NBA you know, playoff caliber team again. So for all of the craziness, or, or maybe that's not the right word, for all of the, the antics of Draymond Green and the, the negative press and everything that he you know, was doing, they had him off the court. It's clear that he still has a really big impact when he's on the court. Andre, I got one more for you here quickly, if you can give it to me in 60 seconds. If you had to pick one of these teams to not make it to the NBA Finals, Boston or Denver, who would it be? It would be Denver right now because they have such a a, a, – the the Western Conference is so stacked that, you know, I'm not even sure in my mind if they're the favorites uh, to come out the West, whereas Boston, their two biggest competitors are the Bucks who are struggling – and the 76ers who are without Embiid. And, and so it feels like it should be that's their conference to lose. Andre Snellings, ESPN senior NBA writer. Check out his latest drops on ESPN.com. Thanks, Dre. Thanks, Andre. All right, y'all. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Zaslow filling in. We finally get a conclusion to the Zaslow ticket saga. Uh, it's the moment everyone has been waiting for uh, here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Come to a very important time in the show. Everyone has just been tweeting to us and calling the phone line here at ESPN for days on end and just wondering... What happened to Jonathan Zaslow's ticket yep. saga? 
Yep. And we thought we need to address it publicly because it's it's blocking up the phone lines. Mike Greenberg can't even do his job. So now you have to explain to the people what happened to your ticket saga. But first, maybe bring us back through what the hell the ticket saga even was. So. Yeah. So two nights ago, I- I- Ian was all over me. All right. Because I was bummed out at the start of the show on Wednesday night. Amber, I mean, you, you're a concert goer. All right. And this applies to sports fans as well, because. Man, you know, take a family of four to a sporting event, to to a big game. It's very expensive these days. But you're a concert goer. You know how much tickets are for big concerts, all right, especially ones that are in demand. I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. Everybody knows this, all right? And they just released their upcoming tour schedule. Well, for the first time ever, and this was a couple nights ago, I was bummed out. For the first time ever... I struck out. I did not come through in the fan club lottery. I came up empty. I got nothing. So I had one final chance, and that was today, to get tickets through Ticketmaster. All right? I got the code. I got I thought, selected. Hold on. Hold on. I thought Pearl Jam was anti-Ticketmaster. I thought that well, was they, the they lost. Stick. Yeah, but they lost. So, they, so then they gave up, and now they're just on Ticketmaster all these years later. They, they had to. They lost. They gave in to the man. Got it. But part of the deal was they do get a ton of tickets for each venue for their fan club. So that is part of the deal. They do a good job in that regard. So today, it was like my final chance to try and get tickets for one of the shows. I want to go see them up in New York, Madison Square Garden. Again, it's such a great venue to see shows. Amber, I struck out again. By the time I got into the room there to get the tickets... There was nothing left except tickets that are th- $1,500 a pop. And I don't know about you, but I'm trying to stay married here. I can't tell my wife, hey, guess what? You're going to see a $3,000 uh, payment on our credit card. It's for me to see Pearl Jam for the 27th time. That's not going to fly, all right? So I, I struck out this morning. 27th, by the way, not an exaggeration. Jonathan Zaslow, unfortunately. It's uh, not a competition. Don't worry about it. It, It's not a competition. He has an application on his phone. He has an app, as the kids call it these days, on his phone that tracks how many Pearl Jam concerts that he's been to. It's called Pearl Jam Stat Tracker. It tracks the, I mean, super necessary that this app even exists. It tracks the lineups that he's heard, the song lineups that he's heard at every single concert. Percentage of each album I've heard live, everything. And he has quite literally been to 26 Pearl Jam concerts. Wow. So, yes. I've never missed a tour. Reasonable, reasonable. For your wife to divorce you if you were then going to spend thousands of dollars on the 27th one when you were going to inevitably see Pearl Jam again next year either way. I have a couple follow-up questions, though, unfortunately for us. But listen, I've got a show to do. Go on. Uh, so here's my follow-ups. Why aren't Pearl Jam tickets available on the secondary market like every other concert in the world? Because they they hate the scalpers, all right? So they, they make it specific where... They try and keep it so only the fans can actually buy the tickets. And when you resell them, you can only put them for the price that you bought them for. They don't want scalpers to get the tickets. And they also prevent that because you have to walk in with the ticket from your Ticketmaster account. So it's not like you could transfer them to other people and sell them for big money. You have to actually walk in with your account on your phone. 
But you can then, if you're in a situation, you can no longer make the concert, somebody sick, whatever. You can sell the You can resell them only for the same price you bought it. That's right. So it's possible if you keep perusing Ticketmaster that maybe you would end up finding one of these puppies at some point. You keep a perusing. So... Nobody feels bad for you. You've been to entirely well, too many Pearl just, Jam concerts. I it's think embarrassing it's how many you've been. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm happy for your wife uh, that you get to take this one off. But is Pearl Jam the concert that you have spent the concert or sporting event that you have spent the most money on? Like, what is the most? You mean like an individual purchase? Ticket. Individual ticket. What is your biggest purchase? Because you can't yeah. do it for the 27th Pearl Jam concert. You can't cough up 1500 bucks. But what is the the single event, concert, sporting event, yeah. whatever it may be that you've spent the most on? Well, it, believe it or not, it's definitely not sports. Because, I mean, all these... Like, I was on the Miami Heat broadcast for 13 years. So I never had to pay for those tickets. Oh, I, I was... Well, no. Well, no. What I'm, okay. Well, what I'm saying is I care so much... Okay, I am a two-time champion broadcaster, but from what I'm saying is I never went to those games in capacity as a fan. They played all the big games down here. I was working. That's the point. It was free for me. Okay. All right, very good. Uh, For me, it would definitely be WrestleMania. Yeah, like I I paid $500 a pop several times to go to WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, how about have have a great time guy alert, nerd alert. (laughs) WrestleMania is so fun. Yeah, you're the worst. Your 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 wife. Uh, I paid five hundred. Uh, Deserve so much. That's credit, always uh, Amber. Being married to you too, Amber. That's always a tough one when I have to then so, because I'm not an ask for permission. I'm a beg for forgiveness guy. Mm. All right. So I go ahead and I buy the tickets, and then then the conversation to tell my wife, hey, I bought I bought tickets to WrestleMania but I, again. I have a feeling and I this know was your the price. Move. It's always a little rough. You're, you, but I bet you're a little embarrassing is, too. To be honest, I use the kids. I hide behind the children. See, this would be much harder to do if you didn't have children. But I bet you hide behind your boys. I've done this before, where I convince my wife, "This is this is my son's birthday present. Uh-huh. We're gonna go to WrestleMania." When it's like, that's all right, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's I got them that's for smart. his birthday. We're going. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's a move. That's a good. My, move my right husband there. tries doing those moves. Our son, our kid's only four, and he'll be like, "No, we need to go to this thing. I have to take him." To this this golf tournament, he took him quite literally to a golf uh, one of the big golf tournaments it, to watch Tiger Woods play. He went to the, the waste Bahamas. management. He was getting lit Not there in the bleachers. Management. What's the one in the Bahamas at? Oh man, I am having a, a brain fart. It, regardless, I'll think of it in a second. Was your four year old crowd surfing with a beer in his hand? He was three at the time, and my husband's like, "No, we have it's one. You know, he might not get to see Tiger Woods in person again. It's like once in a lifetime." I'm like, "He's three. He's not going to remember it, bro. You, you got- just want to go." Listen, for any of you out there who are you know on on the precipice of having kids with your significant other, you gotta use the kids <laughs> against the spouse against to the do wife. the things that you want to do. You gotta do that. That's a Go-to move, you're not mm-hmm. doing the parenting right if you're not using the kids to do the activities that you want. I think for me, the events that I've spent the most money on, sporting-wise, actually are Miami Heat games, which is why I found your whole answer about how you've gotten in free for so many years. Got in free, I was working. My, what do you mean gotten in free? I was working. I was working. Must be nice. Uh, I paid for Heat Finals games. I think the most I ever spent on a Miami Heat game, though, because for the Heat Finals games, I was up in the 300 section. I think the most might have been I went to a game once and I bought like the fancy tickets 
that were in the club, like the fancy club that you go yeah. underneath in the arena. And there's the bar and there's the celebrities and it's a whole scene or be yeah. seen thing in Miami. That was many years ago. I did that, but I think how rough was that been... for you in, in the 300 level with the normals? Were you all right? Did you get through it? Okay? <laughs> I, I was, I was all right. I survived it because again, NBA finals game. So it felt okay being up there in the nosebleeds in terms of concerts. I've spent even more on concerts, Morgan Wallen. I saw Morgan Wallen this past year Amber, in the West Palm amphitheater. I spent a lot of control. Yeah. And I like, if I'm going crazy. to, if I'm going to a concert, the surcharges, I want, I want some good, I want some good seats. Obviously. I mean, how about that convenience charge? I don't feel like there's anything convenient Pretty, going no, on. It's not convenient for me. No, the convenience stuff is ridiculous, all those charges. So, yeah, I spent a lot on Morgan Wallen because that was a very small venue last year. And then I just went to Adele in Vegas. Oh, I bet that was so expensive. Late last year. That was, it was so expensive, so worth it. It was so good. But that's, it's so worth it because it was such an intimate. I mean, it's a small theater that you're watching her in if you go to her Vegas show. So, yeah, the ticket prices are outrageous. But it's also worth it in that setting. I also had seen Adele years before in Miami, in the Heat Arena, in an arena, you know, and it was a very different experience. Tickets were still expensive to see her then, but I did pay a lot more to see her. No, that's another Vegas thing show. with me. You know, we, we spend a lot of money for concerts, and if I'm going to spend a lot of money for concerts, I'm not sitting up top. I Like, if I'm going, I'm going. I got to sit close to the stage, you know? I don't always have to sit close to the stage. Like, I went to, I I went to Luke Combs last year, and I wasn't, it was in the Bucks Stadium, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and I wasn't, Next, I wasn't in the stage. I was like in the 200 level, but it was nice because we had a place that we could go in to get drinks and stuff. Nice and boozy. We had access to. So it it was still nice. You had like a little place you could go and and get some air conditioning if you wanted to because it was like July and it was brutal. (laughs) Coming up next here, we will tell you the perfect landing spots for the top NFL free agents that is next here on ESPN Radio. A lot of big names. Coming up here in free agency in the NFL, what is the best landing spot for them? We're going to get into that. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight as Zaslow show is how you find him at Amber W Sports is how you find me. So where are these free agents going to end up? We will tell you with a little help from our producer, James Steele. Hello, James. Hey, James. Hi. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing well. Well, I'll. I'll let you know the answer to that after we start this segment and I determine if you start with the Kansas City Chiefs in some way and somehow weave them throughout this entire segment because somehow I'm expecting that to happen. Listen, I mean, if we're going to start a segment that's NFL related, you might as well start with the reigning, defending, back-to-back Super Bowl champs. Uh, So we're talking about the top free agents and arguably the top free agent in this class is Chris Jones, defensive tackle for the Chiefs. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? He's the top free agent in this class. So, Amber, the perfect landing spot for Chris Jones. I think the perfect landing spot for Chris Jones is... You heard my... Oh, weak drum roll. (laughs) Pick it up a notch. I'm going to break my glass table. The (laughs) perfect landing spot for Chris Jones is Kansas City. I think that the Chiefs have to do everything they can to hang on to Chris Jones. I understand the price tag is hefty. I understand their trepidation this past season. However, this past season, they proved 
that they can win with a whole different identity with this team. And that identity is defense. Chris Jones is the anchor of the youngest defense in the NFL. They need that vet presence and obviously one of the best defensive players in the entire NFL. So I think if you're Kansas City, you recognize this recipe moving forward. You've got the best quarterback in the NFL. You need to maintain the best defense if you can in the postseason in the NFL. Maybe we'll see that magic happen in the regular season this time around too. As long as Chris Jones is there, then you don't have to worry quite so much about things like weapons because you can overcome and sustain as long as you have a great defense. So It's Kansas City, Amber. I'm with you. You know, they're, they're going to have to spend it. They're going to have to pay a ton to keep them. They're not going to be able to keep everybody. But considering that Chris Jones is getting comparisons to Aaron Donald at this point, this is not the guy you let walk away. I do think that the Chiefs have found the formula, at least for the next few years, and that's to skimp a little bit on offense and make sure your defense remains elite. I think Chris Jones stays in Kansas City. All right. Our next top free agent, wide receiver for the Bengals, T. Higgins. Zaz, the perfect landing spot for T. Higgins. Yeah, the Bengals have a lot of money available to them under the salary cap. With the salary cap being raised, what is it, $255 million? It's even a little bit higher than was expected, and the Bengals have room. Their windows right now, I mean, their window realistically is as long as Joe Burrow is playing. But with all the weapons around them as well, along with Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, There's no reason not to continue to take advantage. They're going to spend on T. Higgins. They'll kick that can down the road a little bit. They'll spend a ton of money right now. I think the perfect landing spot is him staying in Cincinnati. Paying T. Higgins in Cincy isn't quite as easy as it sounds. The salary cap bump, obviously hugely helpful, but it's not quite as easy as it sounds because they're also having to negotiate with Jamar Chase at the same time. You're obviously not going to let him go. Now, you can franchise tag. Higgins, and that's been the expectation, although the reports out of Cincy is that they are desperately trying to work out a long-term deal with T. Higgins. I think that the best landing spot for him is for that to happen and to stay right there in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, obviously, the injury, the injuries, frankly, throughout Burrow's career have derailed things a bit here with Cincinnati, but remember how dynamic that team was. Joe Burrow needs weapons. You don't want to start removing weapons from the quarterback coming back from injury. Keep T. Higgins there. Keep Jamar Chase there. Keep the Bengals being scary. All right, so nobody going anywhere yet. Perfect. Yet. In a perfect world, no one's Guys going are getting paid right now by their teams. All right, so up next, Buccaneers quarterback Baker Mayfield. Amber, the perfect landing spot for Baker Mayfield. Well, now I feel bad doing this, but the perfect landing spot for Baker Mayfield is Tampa Bay is the landing spot where he is. And the reason for that is because he's had a bit of a resurgence to his career here in Tampa. Now, it actually started with the Rams, but nobody was watching the Rams at that point in the season, the last four games or whatever it was, that he started for the Rams last season. Here in Tampa, he had some very good movements throughout the regular season. He obviously gets that team to a postseason. He's got a good postseason performance in the postseason. Baker looks like a quarterback who should be starting in the National Football League. And that's saying a lot because people were saying that he shouldn't at the end of not just his time with the disaster that was Cleveland, but also his time with the disaster that was the Panthers as well. So if I am Baker, I feel comfortable there. I have found a home for now. I'm not saying that he necessarily is their quarterback in 15 years, but you definitely rock with Baker next year. See if you can work something out. And if I'm Baker, I'm pretty negotiable, Zaz, because at the same time, you've had this resurgence. 
Yes, you want to get paid, but you also want to be in a position of success. And it feels like it was a particularly good fit. He's been through a lot in his career. He needs to maintain a good fit. Amber, every once in a while, you hit the nail on the head. This is one of those instances. Baker Mayfield will remain in Tampa Bay, not just because it's best for Tampa Bay. He's not the quarterback of the future. He's the quarterback of the now for them. A team-friendly deal, maybe three years, four years. But on Baker Mayfield's side of things, you don't want to be a greedy pick. You have finally found a spot where they like you and you like them and you've had success. And maybe you take a little bit less as far as the negotiating goes to make sure everybody's happy and everybody's comfortable. Baker stays in Tampa. All right. Still, nobody's going anywhere in a perfect world. Uh, All right. Up next, Saquon Barkley, Giants running back. Zaz, perfect landing spot for Saquon Barkley. All right. It's not the New York Giants. He's on the move. All right. At this point, and not just because the Giants clearly don't want to commit to him. While he has made it known he wants to commit to New York, but the Giants don't want to commit to him. And I don't even blame the Giants because they're not a Saquon Barkley away from being a great team. He's a really good player. But that position, and especially considering the rest of the roster, it doesn't make sense for New York to pay him. Saquon Barkley, a great fit for him. The Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones loves the big names. He loves spending on talented players. Loves the headlines. It kind of feels like, you know, Dallas, it always feels like they're on the cusp And then they got smoked, obviously, in the first round. A big-time off-season splash. You know Jerry loves this. Saquon Barkley to the Cowboys feels like a great fit, and it sticks it to the Giants as well. I, too, think that Saquon is on the move out of New York. He absolutely wants to be there, but the New York Giants are going to move on from Saquon, and they're not going to franchise tag him once again. Saquon Barkley, I believe, would be smart to make his way to the Los Angeles Chargers. Jim Harbaugh, Greg Roman, they love to run the football. Jonathan Zaslow, they want a strong running game. They're trying to revamp things there. This is assuming that Austin Eckler ends up leaving the Chargers. Austin Eckler's like a year and a half older than Saquon Barkley, and I think Eckler's going to end up being on the move as well. He had a rough year, I think year Saquon, too. they had a very rough year. Saquon would be a big name to bring in who still has something left in the tank. Jim Harbaugh could feel like he can work with and give Justin Herbert some real help there in the backfield. I think that he'd be a good fit on the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, finally some movement. I like it. All right, uh, so up next, Josh Allen, but not the guy in Buffalo, like the good Josh Allen, the the edge rusher (laughs) in Jacksonville. What? Yeah, this Josh Allen, the guy in Jacksonville. Uh, Amber, perfect landing spot for the best Josh Allen in the NFL. (laughs) Uh, Not the best Josh Allen in the NFL, uh, but a great Josh Allen and one that is desperately needed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think the way things have gone with the Jags this past season that, frankly, they need to be losing pieces here in free agency. They can franchise tag Josh Allen, and that's what I expect them to do. Zaz, I think they've got to help themselves on defense. They can't get any weaker than they were, and Josh Allen's a huge piece of the success that they did have. I think Josh Allen is obviously going to command a very big number. I think that there is a team out there that has a ton of cap space. 
They got new ownership that wants to make a splash, and they hired a defensive coach. Josh Allen to the Washington Commanders. How about that? How about that? How about that? The first time, is that like, well, no, that's the second time we've disagreed. There we go. All right, uh, we're going to try to get one more in here. And, I mean, we started with the Chiefs, so might as well end with the Chiefs. Uh, Legereus Sneed, arguably the best cornerback in the league last year. Zads, perfect landing spot. I did spot. say you were going to manage somehow what? to get the Chiefs in you here multiple me times. Up. You set me up for that. We agreed on what we were going to do. We agreed on what you segment. set me up a little bit for this. I had no idea yeah. you were going to end this thing. We talked about splitting, splitting them a little bit evenly yeah, as far uh-huh. as the big no, games no, go. We definitely talked about you getting the Chiefs in here multiple times. And I said we are going to do Chris Jones, and then you had uh, the Chiefs thing uh, loaded up, ready to go. Uh, all right, Legereus Sneed. Zaz, perfect landing spot for Chiefs corner, Jerry Sneed. You can't pay everybody. And they're clearly, if it comes between the two, even though Legereus Sneed plays a more premier position in cover corner, they're going to keep Chris Jones. And that could mean that they can't also keep Legereus Sneed. I already told you, a ton of money. I think they're going to want to make big splashes and acquire defensive players. Legereus Sneed to the Washington Commanders. I also have Legereus Need on the move. Sorry, James. But again, Zazzle and I both believe that Chris Jones' best landing spot is to stay in KC. And exactly what Zaz just said, can't pay everybody. I think Legereus Need would be smart to find himself in Philadelphia under Vic Fangio's new system there in Philly, upgrading that secondary. I think that would really help the Philadelphia Eagles and that they would be a team and should be a team willing to spend some money to bring in a cover corner like Legereus Need. Chiefs. There you go. More Chiefs. So we're going to do this again because there's obviously tons of big name free agents. I mean, big, big name free agents that are still out there. So we're going to do this again a little bit later in the show. About a half hour later, yeah. Now, I think we covered the two big ones on the Chiefs. So let's try to find a way in 30 minutes when we run this back Yeah, I would mix it up a little bit, man. Come on. Without the Chiefs in the segment, I'm just throwing that out there. Throwing a dolphin or two. I was set up. Yeah, no kidding. Let's throw in some dolphins. There's no good players on the dolphins. Sorry. That's not not logical. Actually, that's not even remotely logical. Also, uh, there is a big free agent to talk about with the Miami Dolphins. Coming up next, though, here on Amber and Ian Zaslow filling in. Do the Warriors have one more run left in them? We'll answer that on ESPN Radio. State Warriors have another championship run left in them. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Zaslo in tonight for Ian. Golden State, Zaslo. Been a very successful squad over the years. They've had a run. But obviously, obviously hell of a run for this Golden State team. Do you think that they could do it again? Another championship with this Big three of Clay and Draymond and stuff. Well, I, I certainly don't think you can call it a big three anymore if you're including Clay Thompson. He's not that guy anymore. He's, a, he's, he's their sixth man now, essentially. But the reason that the Warriors are now so enthused, apparently, Brandon Pajimski, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, they've gotten a little bit of a resurgence, if you will, from their younger players, is what they've spoken about recently. They won last night, of course, but... This Western Conference is so tough. And you look at it right now, the Warriors currently sit in the number nine spot, all right, in the West. 
uh, excuse me, 10 spot. They're 28 and 26. They're three back in the loss column of number six Dallas. They're probably not going to catch them. So we're talking like if the playoffs started today, which would be weird because there's still games left. But if the playoffs started today, like an entire half of a season left. Uh, well, not quite. I mean, 26, like a third of a season. The Warriors, they would have to win at the Lakers, and then they would have to win at either Sacramento or Phoenix to even qualify. Like, they'd have to win two road games to just get into the playoffs to then play either the number one or the number two seed in the first round. So the road is just so tough for a team who I understand their most recent performance has been their best stretch of the season so far, but the entire body of work shows this is a pretty average team, so I don't buy it. I have a hard time buying it as well. By the way, it is weird that we do that whole second half of the season thing, and you're right. It's not a half uh, that we're doing. But regardless, it is weird uh, that with Golden State, because you see the names and you're so used to them winning that you feel like the championship window is wide open. And we have been wrong before. A lot of people thought before when KD, he goes down, tears his Achilles, and we're all thinking, okay, that's the end of the championship window. And it was effectively for a little while. Then they had some new pieces that end up contributing in surprising and big ways. I mean, even Jordan Poole is lumped into that conversation, right? And they win another championship in the post-KD era. And that was the championship I'm not sure anybody expected them to win. And then that restarts sort of the conversation about the championship window. And what that did, frankly, is place a lot of pressure on this Golden State team. Because nobody would have blamed them if they had just won the other championships before that, and then things had fallen off naturally. It was such a monster one, the one in 22. It was such a big one overall for the legacy at team. It was such a monster title it was a monster one it was an unexpected one and then it changed the entire conversation and without that one there's no way that we'd be sitting here in 2024 and having a conversation of do they have another one left in them but when you see those same names on the roster it's hard not to have that conversation and I know some people still have that belief hey as long as those guys are there particularly Steph Curry you can't count them out I have a hard time frankly counting them in in large part because you said yes Some of the new pieces, they're nice, they're contributing fine, but they're so far back, they have to claw their their way so far out. And then Clay Thompson and even Draymond, they ain't the players that they once were. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN's NBA analyst, was on NBA Today, and he thinks that the Warriors have a shot. They're playing differently now with this lineup, especially this starting five. We're seeing a lot more pick and rolls with Steph Curry. We're seeing a lot of more isolations with Steph Curry, a lot more post-ups with Jonathan Kaminga. And it's the right mixture. It's like jambalaya, right? In order for it to taste good, you got to have the right ingredients in there. Sometimes you may throw in some Zumo sausages with shrimp and crawfish tails. But that's what I'm looking at when I'm looking at the Golden State Warriors, right? You have Draymond Green. You have Steph Curry, the veterans. And then all of a sudden, you add had a sprinkle of Andrew Wiggins, who's in the middle of his prime, but has been struggling, but it fits well with him. So this starting five with Clay accepting his role coming in off the bench with a new offense, mm-hmm. this has been beautiful. Okay, I really dig the Jambalaya reference. All right, that's an excellent job out of Perk right there. But even if the things he's saying, even if you agree with what he's saying about the Warriors. They're emerging now. They're getting the production from this guy, from that guy, Andrew Wiggins. Maybe he's going to wake up from his two-year slumber. Whatever it is, <laughs> it's not even as much to me about the Warriors and their deficiencies as it is 
what they have to go through. I just lined it up for you that as the 10th seed, they would have to win at the Lakers and then have to win at either Phoenix or Sacramento just to qualify for the postseason. Then their reward is a matchup with one of the first two seeds, either be it Minnesota or Oklahoma City. And then after that, you know what? You probably get the world champs, the Denver Nuggets, which, by the way, Amber, is only the second round. We're only in the second round now at this point. And then whoever it would be in the conference final. So it's not even as much about the Warriors to me as it is about these other teams they would have to get through who are just better than them. Right. Better than them. And we discussed it earlier in the show. If you miss anything here on Amber and Ian, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But we discussed it earlier in the show. It is very difficult as a dynasty to then go through the years where you're trying to bring in the new talent while retaining the old talent and the old talent is still there. And then you're still paying in the case of the Warriors, the old talent, the big contracts will hand Draymond a huge extension, even though Draymond's game has declined some, because of course all of these players are naturally aging. We'll still go ahead and do that. Even though we're trying to also win more championships and try to go ahead and bring a new talent. Jordan Poole was a huge piece of our last championship, but don't worry. We'll get him out of here because you punched him in the face. We'll bring another new talent. We'll try to get Wiggins to wake up. We'll try to get Kaminga, right? Like, and those are the future of the Warriors, except for Clay and Steph and Draymond are still there. It's not normally an act that works. It's not that, that like, I mean, how do you like the limbo that they're in? Almost, I mean, Amber, we're on the same thing between the, the, the past and the future. It's not normally something that. Teams oh, it's very in. hard. It's very hard. And Amber, here's the reality of it. We've been running this core out there for the Warriors for about a dozen years at this point. Right. It's had a great run. They won four championships, Amazing, but it's. It's coming to an end. 12 years, like we spoke earlier about that, that core, essentially, and it changed up a couple times, but the San Antonio Spurs, who were on top of the West, essentially, for 16 years, right. winning five titles. The Warriors have essentially, except for the one year where it was injury-riddled and they ended up getting the number two overall pick, which, by the way, you're going to look back and say, man, if they would have gotten that Wiseman pick right, we might be having a different conversation yeah, right that now. Was a whiff and a half. But this Warriors team has been on top of the West for really 12 years. Yeah, absolutely. The Spurs are the only team, though, that you can even point to and say, ah, it works for them. It doesn't normally work. Coming up next, I want to get back to lawyer mode once again. We will do that. We will break down. You're so happy. You're so happy. A monster ruling today with the NCAA could signal the end of the NCAA here on ESPN Radio.